Hi, everyone. Before I get into this week's episode, I wanted to go ahead and let you all know that I recently created a Google form that I will be linking in every single one of my show notes. This Google form will allow you all to let me know if I'm wrong about anything or if there is a snippet of research that I wasn't able to find myself. And the reason I did make this form is because I currently have two reviews on Apple Podcasts where people are saying that I don't do enough research. And to me, that's really concerning because I do my absolute best and I spend hours researching every single case. So in my opinion, I feel like I'm doing all of the research possible but unfortunately those reviews did not go ahead and let me know what case I didn't research enough or why they feel as though I don't do enough research. As always, I'm totally open to constructive criticism and any feedback. And this is a one-woman show, so it's very likely that I am missing some details or I may intentionally leave out details that just truly aren't important or if an investigator says that it's not important. So I wanted to just create this Google form so that way I can get very constructive feedback and also update my cases because if my case information is not 100% accurate, it can really hinder the case and all of the work that I did because it can eliminate a Jane or John Doe if I got something wrong. So please go ahead and check that out if I ever say anything that you know is not correct and if you have a reliable source for it. And I also wanted to bring up that I'm not sure if a lot of people know this, but the top of the line, most popular podcasts, they actually hire researchers for their own cases in their own episodes. And I don't do that. This is 100% a passion project for me. And so literally everything is done by me and I have my own full-time job. I have my own business and I have a family that I take care of. And so this takes a lot of time for me and I do it all myself. So I understand that it could be very likely that I leave out a piece of information, but please just rest assured that I do try to have all of my facts in order and I also do a lot of fact checking if I find something on Reddit. And so that might be why I might feel like there's not a lot of research or anything because I'm not spending 40 hours a week looking through theories or stuff like that. This is exclusively just to get the Jane or John Doe in front of a larger audience. So I hope you all understand. And on that note, if you haven't already, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and let me know how I'm doing. I would really appreciate it so very much and be sure to check out the form. A huge thank you to Hunt a Killer for helping me bring you all this week's podcast episode. If you're anything like me, your ideal Friday or Saturday night is spent at home on the couch in your pajamas, maybe drinking a little bit of wine or some hard seltzer with your family and your dogs. Because I would rather stay in than go out, I absolutely love Hunt a Killer. If you haven't heard of Hunt a Killer yet, it is a murder mystery game told over six boxes. In each box, you will get things like witness statements and autopsy reports, and using these clues, you can solve a murder by the time you get to the final box. At only $30 per box, Hunt a Killer is way less expensive than a night at the town or a night at the movie theater, and it's an affordable way to spend time with your family and relax at home. 
If you like my podcast or anything true crime related, you will absolutely love Hunt a Killer. And the best part is that with the link in my show notes, you will get 30% off your first box. Chewy is once again one of my partnerships for this podcast. Chewy is one of the longest partnerships I have on this podcast, and it's for a great reason. We started using Chewy when we got our first dog, Ranger, in college, which was like four years ago, because it helped us save so much money through their auto ship program. Now that we have two dogs, we go through way more food now, and the auto ship program takes remembering to buy them their food every month off my plate completely. All I did was set up the frequency I want their food to be delivered, and it comes every single month. If you would like to try out the AutoShip program, you can save 30% on your first order using my link in the show notes. If you have a fur baby, I know you will love Chewy as much as I do. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Doe Identify podcast. If you are new here, my name is Haley and in this podcast we try to advocate for unidentified victims. Today I'm going to be covering the Sheridan County Jane Doe case and I'm really excited to cover this case because she reminds me a lot of the Walker County Jane Doe and she was a young woman as well and so I'm really excited to get into her case and to be honest, this case, it could just, it could literally be anyone. We don't have a lot of clues. So this episode may be a little bit short, but since I have not shouted out a podcast recently, I wanted to give the Doe podcast a shout out. So whenever I started my podcast, I thought that there was no other Jane or John Doe podcast. And I literally just found out that they are a thing. And I'm so excited that there are more podcasts out there that are covering these cases because in my opinion, these are the people who need the most exposure out of anyone. And so I'm super excited to have found them. And I'm sure it's a little bit confusing because our names are so similar. And I actually was thinking about calling myself the Doe Podcast. And so I'm really happy I did not because it would have been the exact same as theirs. But I wanted to give them a shout out specifically for the Sheridan County Jane Doe case. They did a really wonderful job on her case and they also cover smaller cases while I kind of dabble in a little bit with the larger cases as well as the smaller cases and I also do kind of older cases and brand new cases so it's a really good combination of the two so if you are interested in my content please go ahead and give them a listen. They have not been active since October, which coincidentally is when I started, but they are planning on coming back very soon and I hope that we can collaborate because that would be so much fun. So let's go ahead and get into the Sheridan County Jane Doe's story. So the Sheridan County Jane Doe is an unidentified female who was found in Sheridan County, Wyoming on April 13, 1992. Her body was found in a ditch on the west side of Interstate 90, which is about five miles from the Montana border. In 1992, the county had just under 24,000 people and was a whopping 2,500 square miles. So it's a rather remote county even today. Interstate 90 goes from Seattle, Washington to Boston, Massachusetts, and it's the longest interstate highway at 3,020 miles. So this obviously makes the case rather complicated already, and 
I think this is probably why she hasn't been identified is because she was found on one of the busiest and on the largest highways in America. And so I think it can definitely be really confusing and it's really hard to kind of pick up any clues from that because it's not like she told someone where she was from or you know she was like found in a certain area that wasn't near a highway it just makes it super confusing and complicated her remains were rather decomposed and because of that the medical examiner believes that she was murdered in february of 1992 so about two months before she was found police believe she was killed in a location before being dumped in the ditch and i'm not sure if she was moved there long after she had died or recently and just no one found her. But it's weird to me that, you know, people wouldn't see a deceased female in a ditch on the side of the road. So I would assume that it wasn't a recent placing of her body, but in these cases, you really never know. Really, the only clues that we have about this young woman are the clothes that she wore She wore a saucy brand blue and white checkered midriff shirt that was fastened midway across her abdomen and it had a false jewel and pearl buttons. She also wore size 5 KO of California blue jeans. She had a bright blue bra and also had nylon paisley blue panties and she also had a white plastic belt and she was also wearing brass circular earrings. Now, there are major variances in the images of the Sheridan County Jane Doe. I tried to look at autopsy images to see if I could, you know, kind of pick which one I feel like is the most similar, but I couldn't find any of those images online, and I would assume it's because she was beaten quite severely, and they believe that's her cause of death. But Carl Koppelman has two excellent images of her. And speaking of him, if you haven't listened to where I interviewed him, it was such a pleasure. And please go ahead and listen to that episode because he gives really great information on how he makes these renderings. And so I really trust him. So that will be what I use for my episode art. But there are also some 3D models of this Jane Doe. I assume that were made of clay, but they all look very different. And if you look at the images and the resources in my show notes, you will definitely see what I'm talking about. And I've seen a lot of comments from people saying that all three look like completely different women. And so it does just kind of make it a little bit more complicated, but I can say that I've looked at a lot of Carl's work versus autopsy images or crime scene images, and he really does do a great job. So I'm kind, I am very biased, but that is kind of the one that I would recommend looking at and keeping in mind. What we do know about the Sheridan County Jane Doe is that she had brown shoulder-length hair that was straight but slightly wavy, and it appeared that it had been sun-bleached, indicating that she spent a lot of time outside. The Sheridan County Jane Doe was between the ages of 16 and 21, and she was between 5'5 and 5'6". One of the more unique things about her is that she has very crooked teeth. Every rendering shows these, but they do look a little bit different, but that is something that you would notice about her. She did not have any 
braces or anything like that. And if she did, it likely wasn't for long. Unfortunately, her eye color is unknown because of the state of decomposition. But they do believe that she is Caucasian. And that's really all that we know about this young woman's appearance. We also know that she was approximately 10 weeks pregnant at the time of her death and had previously given birth. The FBI's poster on her says that she was 115 pounds. And I'm not sure if that's when she was pregnant or if it does not include her baby in there. But at 10 weeks, it shouldn't make a big difference in her weight. Maybe it just kind of looks like she was a little bit bloated at that stage. And I'm also not sure if they had tested the child's DNA to see if they could see if the dad is in CODIS or if they could even extract DNA from the baby. Today, there are 20 exclusions on her NamUs profile. And I did submit a tip about somebody who I think could be this Jane Doe and also spoke with an investigator about it. So I will keep you all updated on if I hear anything. It takes quite some time to do rule outs. So do stay tuned. I will let you know how that goes. And this is another case where we do know the killer despite not knowing the victim. And that's because DNA linked her to the killer of Pamela McCall and Bitter Creek Betty, who is another Jane Doe that I will be covering in the future. In the meantime, the episode where Doe podcast covered the Sheridan County Jane Doe also covers Bitter Creek Betty. But Pamela McCall was located in Tennessee on March 10th, 1991. In May of 2020, Clark Perry Baldwin, who was from Waterloo, Iowa, was arrested and charged with these three women's murders, along with Pamela McCall's unborn child's murder. Obviously, we know the Sheridan County Jane Doe was pregnant as well, so I'm not sure why he was not charged with that baby's murder. From what I can read about Clark Perry Baldwin, he seems like he is just a stereotypical serial killer and he's also probably a serial rapist. And I don't want to say anything definitive because he has not been to court or anything yet. He is currently awaiting trial, but there are a lot of women who are accusing him of doing really horrible things and also it was his semen that was the DNA that was collected and all of these women were just completely brutalized and so to me I know how I would vote if I was on the jury but this is not definitive do not sue me but yes I'm just saying um, he is currently being accused and his DNA was found on the crime scenes and you all know I don't like to really get into serial killers or anything but I just really feel like he is through and through the type of monster who creates Jane and John Doe's where he's a truck driver and he can get away really fast and he can just be two states over in a few hours and it doesn't seem suspicious that he's moving state to state or anything like that. Obviously not all truck drivers are bad. I'm just saying I feel like a lot of the people who are behind the murders of specifically Jane and John Doe's are random truck drivers. I really hope that we can get this young girl identified. I really think that 
it will likely be DNA that ends up identifying her just because we have no idea what state she possibly could have come from. And I think it's very strange that she was pregnant and there is no like baby daddy out there looking for her. So I'm not sure if maybe she was just someone who kind of kept to herself and maybe moved around a lot. But I hope you all found this episode very informative and I hope all of you will keep in mind all of the points about this young girl and what makes her unique. And so that way, if you remember someone from 1992 who went missing from your life, I really hope that you will go ahead and look at her image and please share her image high and low. Her case is an older one, but it's new enough to where people will likely still be recognizing her and the people who are in her life at the time are more than likely still alive today. And so please go ahead and share her image wherever you can in all of your Facebook groups and especially if you live near Interstate 90. That would be amazing because hopefully you are in the area where she was found. Thank you all so much for giving this episode a listen and please go ahead and check out the Doe podcast. I am just so excited that there's another podcast out there who has the same mission as me because I feel like there's like a lot of serial killer podcasts. There's a lot of mystery podcasts, but there's not a lot about Jane and John Doe's. So I'm just really excited and I hope that you all will check them out. Thank you all so much for listening and I will be back with a brand new episode very soon. Thank you so much to Nix for continuing to partner with me for my podcast. If you don't know what Nix is, it's a company that has absolutely everything you need so you can be comfortable on an everyday basis in your loungewear no matter what you're doing. Let's be honest, most bras are super uncomfortable and have sharp underwires that just do not allow you to relax at all whatsoever. What's so special about NYX is that they have no underwires in any of their bras. All of their straps are completely adjustable and then they also have at least three to four rows of extender hooks in the back. They have completely changed the game for bras and loungewear and I myself have five NYX bras and I absolutely love every single one. Something else I love about NYX is their accurate representation of models on their website. You will have to see for yourself, but everyone is a real human on their website and they're not perfect models that have been photoshopped for hours on end and I just appreciate that so much. If you want $15 off your most comfortable bra ever, use the link in my show notes and go ahead and spoil yourself and get something that you will feel confident in. Thank you so much to NYX for always working with me. It is an absolute pleasure.